Guys, this is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on iTunes, search Glue, search Glue Guys. Check us out on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and of course, NetsDaily.com, which we are on, on every week and will be on hopefully with a greater frequency, Brian. Yeah. The uh, people have spoken. They want a little bit a little bit more of the Glue Guys. And of course Well, at least like like two guys have said that. I think it, many. <laughs> if you don't if you don't know us, uh, we promise a lot but deliver very little. I think that's yeah. sort of like <laughs> kind of our mo. Um, but yeah. We, yeah, we'll we'll try, we'll try, we'll try more. Um, thank you again for listening. Thank you again for downloading. Mike, um, did you hear my hello on the way in? By the way, it was pretty crisp. I don't know if you caught that. I don't know like what it is. I don't know how good of a singer you are normally, but you're you're the best hello singer since Lionel Richie. I think he's saying it's the only thing I do. Uh, it's the only thing I sing, and I, and I just knock it out of the park most uh, times. Um, hello, 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 uh, Brian. The Nets, yeah. the Nets are here. Mm. Um, yeah, they're not terrible. So we're recording this. They're heating. They're heating in the cool. They're heating in the cool. And like, um, the meteoric rise, and then I think that in, okay, you know, I think that's better than we didn't even think this team had heat. We didn't think the no. steam had a, a stovetop, a toaster, a microwave with which to to boil or bake or yeah. Uh, you are on fire. <laughs> You're on fire. Right now. Um, and and in fact, they actually do. They have a level that they can get to. So th- that's all we'll talk about today. We'll talk about the Nets. Um, Brian went to the Timberwolves game, so he's seen this team. I didn't actually. It was unbelievable. <laughs> my my, bad. I know. I'm sorry. Hey, well, my. My Brian GW, my, my dad, shout out to, to, to GW's. Great man. Um, great man. Great. He called great, me great, on great Sunday. Game. He was like, yo, let's go to this game. Um, and I was like, yeah, but you know, there's a, you know, there's an election you may have heard about. And he was like, yeah, but I don't get to go to many games. So we're going to go. Cool. Fine. Reason enough. So calls me again on Monday to confirm. Yeah, definitely. Let's do this. Then calls me again on Tuesday. He's like, yeah, I'm going to watch that election instead. So, <laughs> but, yeah. but in no, the end, but, would you uh, rather have watched? The, the win over the Timberwolves yeah, or the hundred percent in, in hindsight, yes, absolutely. Um, not even close. Take you behind the curtain for a sec. I work for a news radio station called WCBS 880. So if you're in New oh, York Mike, City, you're giving out a ton of personal information. Are I you know. sure that they're not going to dox you? Yeah, Dude, I'm opening up the vein tonight. I mean, Trump's going to be president, so this is what yeah, we're going to do. Yeah, lay it all out there, brother. Um, and so I had to work election night. Um, <clears throat> for the radio station, so I was unable to watch much of the Timberwolves game. I somehow was able to sneak in some of it, uh, which which was a, a real joy, a real cherry yeah. on top of something. Um, yes. Brian, yeah. Um, so we are broadcasting this. This is what is it? Wednesday night. Uh, yeah. I am in Boston right now. You are in your location in Manhattan, which is undisclosed. Undisclosed. Yeah. I like it. In that the way. submarine in the river. Actually, you would love so. Fans of our old show, I don't know if they remember, and you know, when we were on another website, now we're on Nets Daily, which we're appreciative of, but we used to be, uh, we used to broadcast from the Glue Den. The Glue Den was this location that we mm-hmm. were, that we broadcast from. It was Brian's basement in Brooklyn that was yeah. ragged and rough, concrete walls mm-hmm. and just fantastic, right? I mean, RIP, by the way, Glue Den. It was, it was really a, a special place. It was. It was. It was. Um, a lot of good thoughts came came to our came to our heads. Brian's on Skype, and unfortunately, my camera's not working. But I would love for you to see 
this this basement is like graduated level of your basement. Mm. Um, I miss having a basement. So like a, ba- a man needs a basement. I feel like I don't often say weird engendered things like that, but but I feel like a basement. <laughs> I was really it, it allowed my imagination to really just fire on all cylinders. And, and your and yours was like a real collection of I don't know if you saw Guardians of the Galaxy, but this is the character in there, the collector Benicio del Toro. Yours is sort of like that, but like. Just a I little, have a, a little I have below. A hoarding. There's a hoarding element to my personality <laughs> that really flourishes with with a basement. There was a, like a, a Danasonic, not even a Panasonic, but a Danasonic flat screen. There yeah. was a desktop computer, which was yeah. real special. <laughs> yeah. There's there yeah. artwork. Um, There's a whiteboard with writing on it that proposed a business plan that I'm not, sh- you know, could still. Those happen. are my partners. My partner. That was not my handwriting. You know my handwriting when you see it. Um, I had all kinds of schemes cooking down there. God, I wish people you were gonna up here be, right now. People, we're going to have to start talking nuts because people are going to be pissed. Just real quick. This basement, okay. amazing. Yeah. You would love it. It's in an old part of Boston where I am. I'm in a, I'm in a friend's house. I'm in their basement because, you know, just I, I'd be way too loud upstairs. But, you, you ready for this? What? You know who's not in the basement of the East? <gasps> wow. Did you see me? That was fantastic. Are you proud? <laughs> That was awesome. Um, so I think that's sort of like the main point I want to bring up, bring across about this team right now. The, this team is not the worst. Okay. And if that's the head, yes. I think that's going to be the headline of the podcast. That is, that may be the nicest thing you'll hear Mike say about the Nets <laughs> all night. So guys, savor that really. Okay. Why? And especially is... when the, especially when the Brooke Lopez trade rumors start getting kicked around. And we did get a couple of tweets, people asking me to fire up the trade machine, which, yeah. which I've done and, and it's been Keep done that. before. Um, except I had so if you don't know, Mark Stein had written a story about how um, Brooke Lopez is not necessarily being shopped, but he's being mentioned in trade rumors that the Nets are listening in on these trade rumors, um, and that for some reason somehow Boston's name got included in there that Boston is not interested. Um, yeah. I on our Twitter feed two months ago laid out five trades that I want to see happen with Brooke Lopez if they're going to do that if they're going to move in that direction. My trade included R.J. Hunter, which doesn't ex- – he's no longer a player for the mm-hmm. team. But, um, okay, real quick, let's hit Brooke Lopez. Your thoughts, you're seeing the story go out. What are you thinking? Well, let's t- let's let's unpack it from the perspective of, of tonight, for example. Um, <clears throat> you know, looked – so this is tonight, meaning the Knicks game happened just a, just a few hours ago. Um, so – a lot, a lot there. Kind of a little microcosm of the season there. So, second half of a back-to-back. Brooke Lopez looks really good in the first half. I think only shot one shot in the second half or something like that. Or no, that can't be true. But, but was definitely not looking for a shot in in the second half. Um, the the main issue with this, and this is my like my issue with this team for sure. And this is this is why Yogi Ferrell was brought in to to, to remedy this a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and also because Graves yeah. Vasquez went down. There is the ball handling is really an issue. Like once, you know, after the second quarter, like midway through the second quarter, the Knicks realize if you just press them full court, <clears throat> you're going to be able to break a play really quickly with with this team. And yeah, and I, okay, yeah. But, but real quick, is is the ball handling thing? Is that an issue just because Jeremy Lin is out, or do you think it's like a wider range issue? It's. I mean, it's certainly more pronounced when when he's out. Um, but it is a wide ranging thing. I mean, well, yeah. Okay. So Sean Kilpatrick obviously doesn't have really like the legs or the temperament to play your, your starting point guard. It's, it's a mismatch. He's a, he's a sort of prototypical combo guard. Um, 
and and not really made to be dribbling for long durations of time. Um, but I mean, there's like pros and cons to that too. I think because in the first half, you see like you're once you get into a set play and you're just starting to swing the ball around, it looks like it looks pretty good. Um, though you you do need the dribble drive option off of that inevitable broken play. Yeah, and and so I'm uh I've I've come like to really enjoy. Sean Kilpatrick, if that, if like, I'm gonna label the thing that I've most enjoyed about this season. It is that, is that I, he, he looks pretty decent and he fills a very needed role. Like, this team does not have that much talent. And the fact that he can score and handle the ball on some level is, is good. Um, so I don't, I, you know, I'm not gonna freak out about the ball handling thing just only because they've done well enough without Lynn and without a backup point guard for the whole season. Um, yeah. I, I, and most teams actually just, they don't consistently game plan for one specific game to take away something. It just doesn't really happen. I mean, yeah, they, they, people will say they do, but it's not like teams are going to be pressing the nets all season long to try to beat the nets. It's just not going to happen. When, when the Knicks figured it out, it was, it was night and day. I mean, Brandon Jennings, first of all, I can't say enough about how annoying, for, for some reason, this, the Knicks always just, compile a bunch of the most annoying players together on one team i've never seen anyone more self-satisfied with making you know <laughs> their their own shot than Carmelo anthony that he has that smirk every every time he makes a shot is he's very pleased with himself and it drives me crazy well, um, th- and this Knicks team especially has like eight dudes that are just next level is a real nightmare all i mean Vucic is like hall of fame awful yeah. person on the court, well, was, on the court. <laughs> you know, he went after Joe Harris, uh, and Joe Harris seemed like you know he he put on his tough guy pants, um, which I was. Joe Harris was got those pants. They're in his closet, and I appreciate that. He he certainly does, and he whipped him out real quick. Um, and yeah, that was an interesting little side of of his personality. I mean, I assumed it was there, but it was it was nice to see him just kind of. Oh, whoa! Oh, so that's the that's the email sphere talking to us. Something coming in hot. Um, yeah. so you know. The next one would have been nice, but I think so. Like again, my most pleasant surprise is the fact that this team is not the worst team in the NBA. That that's <laughs> that's confirmed, right? I mean, yeah, that that no, is, we're competitive. I mean, like up to a point where we look pretty good. Like tonight, it's you, you get burnt out, but yes, we we have looked competitive almost every night except for the Bulls game in the next game. And I think the team is going to consistently stay on this level where they're never going to be that good. Um, to where then they will be able to catch teams sort of off guard. So yeah, people people were saying sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, so that was a national game, I believe. I didn't even know that, and and you know it's like our only nationally televised game. This next Nets game tonight, um, and people are like, oh man, now we we do the same thing with like we you know poop the bed in in national games. I like it. I like coming in under the radar with this squad. I don't want people to know. I don't, <laughs> no, I mean, I don't want people to interrupt you. I think so. With the NFL, like when your team goes in the on a prime time game, there's only like there's just three prime time games a week. When your team stinks on a prime time game, the world is awful because you have a whole week of how bad your team is. In the NBA, it's a good thing. To I mean, yeah. like, what does it matter? And and that's the only game that the other teams are really ever going to see of you. Um, the only reason why I knew that it was a national game was because ESPN wrote three articles about how terrible the Knicks were. About how mm. Kurt Rambis is coaching the team's defense now, awful the defense has been, except for now, of course, this game. About how the the Knicks aren't running the triangle and offense and how everyone's mad about that. And then just overall about the team and how disappointing they've been and how awful they've been all season long. 
Um, but Nets are three and five. Their their mm. wins are against like pretty decent teams. Um, the Tim, I mean, I was so surprised by the Timberwolves games just because like the a super athletic team that has a ton of talent like that. Mm-hmm. You think that would be the type of team that they would have no shot? Like Indiana makes sense. Indiana has talent, but it's also like it's not explosive, incredible talent. It's sort of guys who fit their certain roles. And if Paul George isn't playing like out of his mind, it makes sense. But I mean, it looked early on when like Carl Anthony Towns just dunked all over. Who was it? Brooke Lopez. That mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, this is going to be turning <laughs> into a freaking disaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, dude, I'm. I don't know. I, I've hey. been telling people, you know, I tell people all the time that like I do a podcast with the Brooklyn about the Brooklyn Nets and they're like, Oh, so <laughs> how does that go? And I'm like, it's going like not that bad, you know, <laughs> like, not that bad. It, yeah. They're, they're, they're like, the, there's plenty of bright spots on this team to sort of like wrap your head around at least early on in this season so far. Sure. Sure. Um, Lots of good stuff. who, who are you? So you, did you, where were you for the Timberwolves game? Where where was your positioning? I mean, oh, well, I mean, I was you know half watching it, half watching the election. But but you know, where does your election I, coverage I go to? Uh, what, what what channel are you watching? What channel? Oh, I'm flipping. I'm going everywhere. I'm going. You know, I want I I like a really diverse perspective. Is what I like. Yeah, like, you know that about me. Fair and balanced. I had to because I was working. I had to. I was watching CBS, which was fantastic. I had I had to go John Stop King plugging CBS on the show. <laughs> we don't need it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Tiffany Network needs our <laughs> podcast, pumping them up. But John King on the the map board was out of this world. Um, mm-hmm. It was also um, sort of like when you're watching a, a, a horror movie and you could mm-hmm. hear the music coming when John King would tap in on a county. That let you know the uh, an urban county where Hillary Clinton's supposed to be racking up the score, and you can see ninety nine percent of the the tallies are in, and Hillary is not going to get any more votes out of that. You're looking at that like, okay, we're heading down this direction. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. We I went over to our buddy um, who whose name we can't name because he's such a hot shot, um, and it was the vibe got weird. Let me tell you. It's a, it's a weird vibe when that happens. Did you watch it like among people? I mean, I was in the newsroom, and that's the. Th- I mean, yeah. so I mean, that's just a whole different experience because everyone's just all they're thinking about is not the grander aspect. You're just thinking about trying to get everything correct and right on the area, right. and not trying to screw up basically and call call right. a state that matters, and then you know, then it gets flipped over. Um, Brooke Lopez <laughs> trade, real quick, because we didn't really touch on this yet. Um, yeah. Okay, so let me recap again. Mark yeah. Stein puts out a story about how the Nets are listening. Um, they aren't actively shopping, but they're listening, and that bo- uh, Boston is not interested. Okay, when you see a story like that, what what do you believe? Why is that story out there, essentially? Oh, man, you're you're scheming now. Um, who's you're, you're putting out, so who's putting out that story? That's my my sort of issue. I, yeah. I think the Nets are putting out that story. Whether it's the agent or whether it's the Nets. I think it's the Nets. The, cause, yeah. cause, I mean, it wouldn't be. Because they presented – the way the story was presented was, again, the team is doing their due diligence. They're listening, but not – so they don't want to seem desperate. They don't want to enrage mm-hmm. the player. But yet they also want to get the message out there that 
Brooke Lopez is available because he is. Mm. It's obviously available. I mean, it's not like they're desperate again. He is available. So that, that would lead me to believe that if a, just a reasonable offer came by, they're going to make a move and Brooke's going to be gone. Mm. Yeah. Um, as you'll see when we get to the mailbag, people are not, not excited about that possibility. And they see it. They feel it coming. There is a, an, you know, a palpable undercurrent. Well, let's just of, get to the mailbag. Okay. Uh, mail time. Thanks for writing in, guys. Um, also, I, I, <laughs> I tweeted. I don't really know how Twitter works. I, uh, I knew Mike was at work, whatever, or in, in, in wherever he is in some weird basement. Um, and so I just tweeted it to our, like, 500 whatever followers but i guess that's not how how does what is the best way to tweet our like number out we have a phone number that you just tweet it yeah you tweet it out that's it you just that's it you do i have to like to our, link it to, any? to our followers yes. and they should they should get it um <laughs> anyways we, we can we can include it in our next nets daily post that's what we'll do us we'll tom we'll, we'll give him the phone number email me the phone number and we'll put it on our next nets daily yeah. post which will accompany this it, and if you're Podcast. real quick with your thumbs, you can just do it right now. It's 646-598-7554. I swear it's not like some weird spam thing where your you know, phone number is going to go. You know, I'm not going to start mailing you uh, credit cards or anything. Um, anyways, or you can write me at netspod at gmail.com. And thanks to everyone um, who writes out. Love you guys. Um, first up, I don't have the drops. Sorry, we're doing this through Skype, so this is going to be a dropless. But you deserve... <laughs> A, a proper John Cena rollout, Woo-woo. Daniel Daniel Jaw, sorry Daniel Shaw Jr. Um, wrote me a, a nice long note, but um, he's he's just uh, really excited about about how close all these games are going. He could have been seven and one, he says, to start if things you know break our way a little bit more. Um, he also says okay, that's ambitious. Must, must keep Brooke Lopez because of those. Um, those, you know, that the potential for, for that kind of success. Anyways, um, if I'm exploring trades, he says, I'm looking at RHJ to the Clippers for Austin Rivers to play back at PG. Um, I'm looking at no. Boyan for Buddy False. Heald. Uh, no. Gives the Pelicans a young vet to help Anthony Davis. Not going to happen. And Rudy Gay may need a third team to facilitate a trade, perhaps like Rudy to, to the Kings. The thing is, Rudy Gay... I, are, how anxious are they to trade Rudy Gay? I mean, he's still got another year left on his contract at a very affordable. Like, does he? I little, thought he, I thought he was. I thought he's wrapped up at the end of this year. He's got a player option uh, for I think 2017, 2018 at fourteen mil. So I don't know. I don't know. Does he take that? No, probably not. With the rising cap and all that stuff, right. blah blah. But but okay. But that but he could theoretically be on the team for another year. So that makes yeah. Um. um what so? What you don't like? Well, I just don't know how you get him. I mean, I, I don't know what combination of our guys outside of Brook Lopez gets you Rudy Gay caliber players. Yeah, and and there's no reason why the Kings would want Brook Lopez. Um, I think so. I heard this. I think it was on Zach Lowe's podcast with Brian Windhorse. Windhorse was saying essentially that a lot of teams are going to want Rudy Gay because he's playing really well this year. His cap number is relatively low compared to what the cap number is now. And he's a guy who can fit on any team. He's, you know, a guy who could fit as a, your three or your four pretty much immediately. He'll score points. He's His production is independent of sort of anything else you really need to do. Um, mm-hmm. Boyan for Buddy Heald, that is ambitious and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not happening. Yeah, um, unfortunately. Uh, what was the first one? 
Rondé? Uh, Rondé for Austin Rivers. I dislike that there thoroughly. I just, I, mean, I just dislike Austin Rivers. I, I don't, I don't watch a ton of Clippers games, but from what I see, I know, I know people like herald him as an important player on the team. But every time I watch that their games, he just looks so scrubby. I can't stand it. You know what's interesting I mean, is that he's sort of like he's sort of like Jeremy Lin, but yeah. not as good of a shooter, not as athletic, not as um, creative on the court. <laughs> he's like, he's like if Jeremy Lin's let's say like a B to B plus on every like on a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Rivers is a B minus to C plus. If I just that, don't, if I just that. don't like a any point or shooting guard that shoots like below 70 percent from the free throw line. Like what? What is? What are you doing? Yeah. What um, is that? Get get the gym. Get some shots up. Um. It, so I do wonder what Rondé Hollis Jefferson's trade value would be, just because. So he's played better, um, which is super encouraging. He's played two pretty good games recently. Uh, he's limited his shots. He's done other things on the floor, and the shots he, are, he is taking, he's actually hitting. Um, I just I don't know how many teams are desperate to get their hands on a guy who doesn't who doesn't shoot and doesn't seem to have the ability to to ever learn how to shoot. Um, and he is athletic, but he's not like he's not like a god of athleticism. He's athletic, but he's athletic in the way that a lot of NBA players are athletic. What did I say going into the season about what uh, Bogdanovich is? I think I said he was going to 15 points per game. He's at 14.9 right now. Oh, my fantasy team, man. He's Is he? Your team must suck. Yeah, what? it does. It's, it <laughs> does stink. I'm seventh or something. Um, but um, Boyan's been like just, I don't know, the third best player in this team this year. I don't, you know, who he's been pretty solid. He really hasn't had like too many games where he's, could have been a complete stinker. He's yeah. putting up a ton of shots a game, though. That's what he is. His issue. He is and he isn't. I mean, he he'll take nights off. I mean, he needs to. There just needs to be a sort of more. I mean, and you, <clears throat> it's mostly up to him to to find this. But that kind of consistency um, is is really something that he would benefit from. Because I'm just looking at some games here. He starts out the season taking 17 shots and having a heck of a game, and then comes in the next night plays five more minutes and only takes six shots, makes one of them. You know, it's a it's a strange way of, of living basketball life. Um, I have my fake Brooke Lopez trades. So whenever you have a Brooke Lopez question, I'm ready to roll with them. Um, so, so you let me know when you want to do this. You missed your opportunity, but we can go back. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, early in the season, before some of the things happened, I created five fake Brooke Lopez trades. Okay. You already said all this, Mike. Everyone. No, no, no. No one, no one's actually heard my fake Brook Lopez trades. They haven't. Has it been on the podcast? Are you going to go through all five of these? I'm going to tell you which ones I think are the best. Okay. Right. Give me, give By the me way, the, do we want Lance me, Stevenson? Do you want to sign Lance Stevenson real quick? God, no, dude. Why are you you bite on this stuff so frequently? The J.R. Smith thing you were all over. Yes. You know. The, yes. This you know team the, could use J.R. Smith. I'm sorry. He would have no. been. He would have been a great. He's a great. Hillary Clinton used him as a, a as a. As a campaign as a booster, as a, as a prop. He look, it's, I you know it's it's just to play devil's advocate. I know that I know that I know what you're up to. Don't what do you think I'm up to? Here. You're not serious about this. You don't actually want this to happen. Well, I know it. I know you're just trying to make good radio. I get it. I get it, Mike. You don't want J.R. Smith on this team. It's going to muck up the juju. Who? Because who's what like, juju? J.R. Smith's 
LeBron loves J.R. Smith. The like, but he's not going to be on the team. Doesn't Juju, really. man, he doesn't. He's not going to. He's not going to do that for this for this squad. And you know it. He would have been fantastic, and this team right. would have been in the playoffs if they on. signed J.R. Smith. Oh wait, can I can I talk before I keep interrupting you? But one of the first questions that Cheerboy Daniel Shaw Jr. asks is, I know you disliked the idea of signing Harrison Barnes, but I'd rather have him at the three and RJH at the two. Um, any regrets about not pursuing uh, Harrison Barnes? <laughs> I gotta see what he's putting is up. I haven't serious? actually paid any attention to Barnes um, this season. Um, I have no regrets about. Dude, he's balling right now. I have no regrets. No regrets. Be- he is hardballing, though. Let me tell you. I, that's Averaging fine. 22 points a game. He's also on a team that <clears throat> should be a lot better than the Nets are overall. So it's easier for him to do that. I don't. Guess what his, get us what his field goal and, fr- and free throw percentages are. Guess Just what they the are? Top, Just off the, off the top of your head. I would have guessed without you saying anything 42%. Wrong. It's 50% and 92%. <laughs> <laughs> But it's a totally different team, and I'm not. I'm not going to apologize for not not believing in Harrison Barnes, who who was benched by Neither. the end of last season and just wasn't any good. Either I am. I am surprised to see that he's balling, though. That is. This is interesting. But no, anyways, no, yeah. he's 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 on a team that has a Hall of Famer that has a lot of other decent parts around him, and they also have a, like potentially a Hall of Fame coach. He mm-hmm. would have gone to the Nets. Here, here's what Harrison Barnes would have done on the Nets. Been disappointing. He would have been hugely this this team would have built up Harrison Barnes to be like the next Michael Jordan. You know the way that they market players. They're marketing Isaiah Whitehead as like the next great New York guard. What like, do you mean? How how are they doing that? That's that sounds like hyperbole to me. They promote Isaiah Whitehead all the time with like you know Brooklyn born. You know they talk about how he's from Coney Island. They talk about him all the time about how like this is the type of player that you know the <laughs> Nets have got to have the grit Brooklyn. Okay, the which play, is fine. The flavor Georgie Deng stepped on his head was was pretty gnarly. You, you maybe didn't see that, but no, that of was, course, no, of yeah. course. It's, but and so Mazel Tough, you know, like good for him that he <laughs> that he got his head stepped on. Yeah, and that he's a tough guy. But so they're hyping up Isaiah Whitehead into be the reason why this team is going to it's returning to its roots, roots that never existed. You know, th- this tree hasn't even sprung out of the dirt. But yeah, we're returning to our roots with Isaiah Whitehead. And if they had signed Harrison Barnes, they would have made him out to be like the the biggest star ever to come to New York. They would have just built him up to be huge. And mm. he would have been disappointing. Um, I don't care. I mean, he could play well in Dallas. Different situation if he was on Brooklyn. I'm not at all worried about missing out on Harrison Barnes. And also Harrison Barnes, what, he got the max in Dallas? The max in Dallas is worth 30% more than it is in Brooklyn because of taxes. So, um, Quick, you yes. have to get your head stepped on by an NBA player. Who do you choose? Uh, you just want the probably Isaiah one. Thomas. Who do you, from who do you think is the lightest? Boston. <laughs> it could, just, could be Yogi Ferrell. He looks very lithe. Yeah, but um, he's feisty. Yeah, he's, he's really good at your, your head. Um, yeah, well, he would. What's your answer? I, I, how many times can we tease your Brook Lopez trades and not do it. That's my, let's that's do it what next I'm week. To... Let's do it next <laughs> yeah. week. No, they're not that interesting, but, um, just give me the best one, the best, okay, best one. Okay. But the problem with my best one is that I'm going to criticize for my best one. Um, because it involves the wizards oh, and the best, the, is it, is it the stupid Gortat trade you keep talking about? Gortat what? and Otto Porter. Everyone's heard these trades. We've talked for about Brooke these. Lopez. God 
damn it. Smith. No, the one, that, the one that makes the most sense is would be one to Boston, and it's never going to happen. Just It's just not going to happen because ba- apparently Boston doesn't want him. Um, because any trade, it'd have to require a first-round pick. And no trades out there, no other teams really have any ammo to require a first-round pick. The only other ones that really make any sense would be a three-teamer that you somehow get some of the young bigs from Philly – but there has to be some third team out there that really super wants Brooke Lopez. Mm. Um, and I don't know who that would be. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't even begin to figure out who would most want Brooke Lopez. Then, then, then why don't you shelf that until you do, okay? Why don't you just I'm going to do some those... digging. I'm going to do some – I'm going to touch, <laughs> touch my sources. Searching. I'm going to touch yeah. my sources. Yeah. I'm figure it out. Do that. The last, the last question that Daniel Shaw Jr. had, and this thing was jam-packed. It's a great email. Um he was saying, <clears throat> which Nets players do you love and which do you like, which do you dislike, which do you hate? I'm just going to go straight love-hate because I don't do like and dislike. You know, I'm a passionate man. I love that. Um, and love Trevor Booker. Um, sure. For life, I think. <laughs> and hate is a strong word. You know, I, I don't throw it around, around lightly. Um, Anthony Bennett. I still don't hate. I'd say the only like when Chris McCullough playing the game, the game, man. Are we playing the game? Are we doing this? Love I hate. You can't just you can't just say yeah. you don't hate anyone if you're gonna play love hate. I'm a lover, man. If I'm we're playing lover. Mary, passionate, passionate kill. Lover. We gotta we gotta kill someone. <laughs> okay, it's just the game. Passionate lover. Um, I can't. I can't. Not yet. Not yet. That person hasn't revealed them. So okay. it was. Yeah. Go ahead. Who Let's do, do last year's roster. Because I think last year's roster would have been pretty easy to figure out love yeah. or hate. I mean, I hated a ton of people on that roster. Exactly. Was... That, and then maybe that's like the, the huge difference this year is that the fact that <laughs> we don't hate a lot of dudes. Yeah. Like I say Anthony Bennett just because I don't really care about him particularly. And I kind of think yeah. he's just a waste of time. He's, he's not important enough to hate. That's a, yeah. What is that? Like Bargnani. Bargnani was that guy for me. It's just straight you're love. You're not important enough to hate. Oh, you're not important enough to hate. What is that from? Quick. Um, don't remember. It's Vanderpump. Come on, when Stasi's. <laughs> By the way, did was like, there a new episode of Vanderpump? Did I miss it? Was, that? It was. It was uh, sensational. We're not going to get into that though. What we are going to get into is Cheerboy Jose Miranda nine six two. Um, what's up, Jose M? Um, your question is. Uh, what is the best case scenario for this team wins wise? Do we want to update that to playoff hopes? Sure. Um. So what was the over-under in Vegas? I think it was like 20 wins. Um, playoff hopes, no. But. Dude, come on. We're, we're right there on the ninth seat, I think. Well, I, so I am in Boston. I was driving around listening to Sports Talk Radio, and tonight they lost. The Celtics lost to the Wizards. And they were joking about how the Nets and Celtics may not even have to flip picks because they're going to have the same record by the end of the year. Um, <laughs> which, which is funny. Whoa. Can you hear what that? What just happened? Oh my god, Mike! <laughs> yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, that's the boiler, huh? Yeah. How long do boilers go for? Let's just see if it stops. All right. Well, welcome back. Uh, we wow. kind of we kind of had to stop action right here. My basement studio that I'm in, the boiler went on. It sounded like you were about to get sucked <laughs> out of an airplane there. No, <laughs> I'm like super afraid of basements already. So I freaked out pretty yeah. hugely, pretty hugely. Are you, did you, where do you get that from? Is that, you're like uh Kevin McAllister. Where did I, I get that? Furnace. Where did I get that from? I'm a wuss. 
Uh, and I'm afraid of like everything. Um, I will say I, I do have the almost any time I'm leaving a basement and I have to it's time to turn off the light. If if I have to turn off the light before I leave the basement, I still do the like kid thing and like run up the stairs. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's I don't want to be thing. that's not the kind of adult I want to be and I and I hate that about myself, but what am I gonna do? It's it's too late. The only thing I'm like I'm I would ever I don't even worry about it anymore, but if like I did that in front of like my children, if I have kids and I do that in front of them, I think that's a bad example, but I'm gonna keep doing it, man. It's you better totally not. Freaking... Now that you have kids, are you out of your mind? Dude, so the basement I'm in has like those it's not completely underground, so there's those windows to outdoors. Oh my mm. god. If a face shows wait. up in one of those. I can't wait oh till you god. have kids. I'm gonna bully your little wimpy kids so hard. Give oh, them a little okay. smells. Uh, smells okay, kids. Brian. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mr. Tough Guy. All They're right. gonna be whims. It's not I don't have to be tough. No, my kids are just gonna be they're just gonna be so hardcore. They're just gonna be just like just leather jackets and Smoking oh. cigarettes. I remember what we were up to. We were talking about Jose M's question. Uh, best case scenario. Yo, boy. Wins. Yeah, true boy. Sorry. Um, wins wise, playoff hopes. <clears throat> and you were launching into some lengthy diatribe. Go. We'll channel that again. Where were you? So let's say 20, 20 wins was, I think, the Vegas over under 20 and a half. 30 wins, let's mm. say. I think 30 wins is reasonable. That would be pretty much on track. Um, I mean, that doesn't mean playoffs, but 30 wins off of this roster, I think, would be a huge signal to the rest of the league that, like, Kenny Atkinson's pretty decent. Sean Marks has got some idea of what they're doing, and then you're getting the ball rolling in the right direction. If they if they totally yeah. peter out, then, you know, that's terrible. Yeah, I don't think it doesn't feel like the kind of squad that's going to peter. I mean, when I see Jeremy Lin in his um, in his bench gear, <clears throat> holding a clipboard, taking it super serious, you know, that's that seems like the kind of crew that are just like geeking out on like how how good can we make this thing? Isn't that the most enjoyable aspect of Lin? Like Lin's felt like like more than uh, any player I've seen in a while with this team. Like take hold of the team. He feels actually like he wants to be a leader on this team. Like, like, yeah. like what you even think of like the way of a quarterback, like the way you're talking about holding a clipboard, like Jeremy Lin was like talking in Sean Kilpatrick's ear about how to handle uh pick and roll defense for one game. I forget, but figure out what game it was, but it's like, like, I never knew this was an element. Like when you think about mm-hmm. Lin's sanity and all the awesome, exciting plays that he brings to the basketball court, you don't like then think about sort of, um, like not necessarily, you just don't think about the mental aspect. I mean, did you read the Howard Beck? Kenny yeah, Atkins. yeah, so that whole thing is all based off of, if you didn't read it, Howard Becker wrote a fantastic uh, sort of look at the relationship between Kenny Atkinson mm-hmm. and Jeremy Lin. And in it, they talk about how Jeremy Lin wrote plays down on a napkin or something. When See, he, wait, sorry. This is what I'm talking about, exactly why I say like, so, okay, so let's say you have a, a guy like J.R. Smith on this team. So what, what <laughs> makes this team special, what makes this possible is that kind of like parody among the the other what? role players. What is that? So like, J.R. Smith doesn't rip things down on napkins? No, because if J.R. Smith okay, is Brian. like right. ha- handling the ball sure. for, for Jeremy Lin because okay. he's hurt, and Jeremy Lin's like, hey, here's what you should do in the picker. He's going to be like, shut up, Jeremy. I've been doing this forever. Don't talk to me. That's what's going to happen. That's not J.R. Smith, man. You've got the totally that wrong idea. Lin, first of all, Jeremy Lin wouldn't go up to J.R. Smith and say that because J.R. Smith's been in the league for 10 years or whatever. So wouldn't do that, first of all. But – 
but even if he did, he'd be out of line. You don't you don't go up to a, a guy that's been in the league that long and start telling him how to how to handle a pick and roll. Jr. would be an all star on this team, God. a freaking all star, averaging thirty and thirty. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna co-sign on your 30 wins as of now, but like, look, these are fluid. You know, as as these weeks, you know, go on, and and this team doesn't seem to flounder. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know how realistic 500 is, but you know, it's. I, I'm not gonna rule out the possibility that we're in the you know 38 win area. I'm the, not gonna, I'm gonna say hard no to that. I think there has to be there has to be some kind of addition to this team. Like, Karis LeVert, okay, how they get to 38 wins or close to 500, the ways that that could happen is if Isaiah Whitehead really does continue to improve because he's been getting better and better. If you Karis, get your boy Karis LeVert, yeah. Dude, if dude with no legs, Karis LeVert, the man oh. with no legs, if he actually, like, is like a surprise and was the only reason why he dropped to where the Nets picked him was because of injury history, but he he steps on the floor and he's good, that would be a huge lift. And so it, long since we've had a rookie that just steps on the floor and is good. I almost forget what it looks like. Isn't me. Isaiah Whitehead kind of doing that now? I mean, he is a little bit. He he looks. I mean, he's still he's still got his moments of of like he's got sort of you know proper rookie moments. But the last time that like you, you've just seen a guy be like, oh, he is going to be here for it was Brooke Lopez. It's yeah, the only like rookie we've had in a long time that that I've thought that about. Um, um, you're high on Whitehead though, huh? I think he just does a lot of things. He seems you know kind of smart out there he understands a little bit of what he wants to do you know gritty just so gritty just great gritty grittiness you sound, you sound like a brooklyn nets billboard now all of just a sudden. totally gritty it's all it's all <laughs> what this team is about brooke yeah. i mean, brooke after uh after whitehead got stepped on i guess brooke said something post game about how like you know, we need more of that kind of toughness. That's perfect. You know, he's from his here. head got crushed. Ugh. <laughs> Horrible, it was like a vice. Um, Good for him. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but he came back in because that cause that broken grid. Do, um, but real that, quick, real quick. Do you think yes. is is the twenty win team? Is that as long as there's no injuries? Is that out of the question in your mind? Um. You know what? From now on, anytime anyone asks me of like what what a win total could look like, I'm going to give the range. I'm going to give the range. So I think I think 20 wins would be a little bit low at this point. I think you're still looking at you, you know your basement is probably around 25. I would say, which is good. Which yeah. is really good. That, um, yeah, for what for what, for what was projected for, for this team. Yeah. So I'm going to say my basement right now is like 24, and the ceiling I'm going to put at like 36. It's a big. That's a big range. That's cheating, but you know what? I, what are you gonna do? Yeah, it's early in the season. I think you can do that. Okay, thank you. Uh, but that's it. That's all the emails. So thanks to those two guys. We I gotta figure out a way to get the word out. I suck at Twitter and everything. So uh, I really this is this is more Mike's territory, and he's busy. So I'm sorry, everybody. Yeah, um, I'm sorry. No, it's my fault. It's my fault. I, no, I yeah, I've had all these years on the planet, and social media's been around forever, and I've just ignored it like a weirdo. So what are you gonna do? Um, real quick news around the league. You ready? Yeah. It's the news. All right, go, go. So Hillary Clinton lost the election. LeBron campaigned for Hillary Clinton. Does this damage LeBron's legacy? 
great question. Um, yes. Uh, yes. Yes. 100%. No, I don't know. What does that she, mean? She does that... lost in Ohio. He campaigned in Ohio. I don't think the people of Ohio actually love LeBron. So that's – it damages his legacy. It damages his standing in Ohio. I think, mm. I think this is LeBron's biggest mistake since – He's think, more of a cl- – I would say he's more of a Cleveland guy. I mean, I know he's from Akron, but you know, it's it's sort of a. a I mean, you, you you know this better than I do, of course. But the 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 division of Cleveland being a Democratic area and and everywhere else not being, you know, he's, he's a Cleveland guy. So, so it doesn't think, affect think, his legacy. Do you think, do you think uh, people in Cincinnati watch a lot of Cavs games? I don't know. Shout out. You know, I do wonder. Let's, I don't know. Let's take to Twitter on that. If if you're from the Cincinnati area, can you weigh in on this? Oh. A fun sound. Is that that's that's Cincinnati talking? Is that Cincinnati? <laughs> that's an email from Cincinnati. Um, <laughs> real quick, uh, Dwayne Wade said has, has says he has not spoken to Heat's Pat Riley in months. Question. Yeah. What are relationships like in the NBA? Good God, did you hear that? Um, what, that? what are relationships like in the NBA? And let me rephrase. What are yeah, relationships please. like? Relationships like are they closer to friendships? Or are they closer to work relationships? How similar what, are they to work relationships? I think I'll, I'll put a finer point on this. What what are relationships <laughs> with Pat Riley like? That's I think a better a better question. Very because good. I I doubt very intimate at all. You know, that's he, extremely transactional. Yeah. Um. Just <laughs> yeah. I mean, like when you're in in the you know in his bosom, I'm sure there's cigars being smoked <laughs> and whatever. But um, you know, outside of that, you're dead to him. And they've kind of treated Wade like that the whole time. They've treated, yeah. they've always treated him as like not second banana, but not as the franchise cornerstone of that he should have been. Mm-hmm. And like I, I kind of love the fact that like I and LeBron, I think actively hates Pat Riley now. Um, sure, because he Pat Riley came out after LeBron left and said about something about how the players that are here are the ones that want to be here, and we don't want quitters. Essentially, that was essentially his phrase. Now he's cast off Wade. Bosch is, I'm sure Bosch hates Pat Riley too, in his own way. Maybe not hate, but dislikes him because of the issues over the, the blood clots, which, you know, maybe Bosch will look back on and thank Pat Riley on. But the the Heatles, all three now, hate Pat Riley. Um, yeah, I hate Pat Riley too, so I don't know how you feel about him. If he was running the Nets, that'd be better, right? No, he. I, yes, I dis, yes. I I don't like him notionally. Just what what he represents to the game of basketball. He, the whole reason why people have Success. this stupid notion that I have this. I, this is a rant that I've gone on multiple times, but I'll go on again for for you new listeners. Um, anyone who's like. 90s basketball or like late 80s, 90s basketball was the best era of basketball. You are what's wrong with America today because Pat Riley made it a fashionable thing to foul people super hard. And that I don't care how like what your relationship was to that Knicks team. That's the lamest basketball on the face of the planet. The, the Anthony Mason Oakley years where they're just tackling people and they suck. They can't dribble. They're just like t- total goons. Um, the, that is bad for basketball in general. And now we have all these people who are like, yeah, I would, you know, like basketball is like a contact sport. It's not. It's not. It's a finesse sport. You're not supposed to. And these guys are getting paid way too much to be like, you know, stepping on each other's heads. So, anyways, so that's my that's my whole bit. And Pat Riley was like single handedly responsible for making that a trend. That was okay? beautiful. Thank I'm sorry. You. Thank you. I'll never that. do it. That's the last time I do it. Don't but talk I feel ever it. again. Ugh. 
Uh, last last news around the week. Yeah. Andrew Bogut's mad. Have you seen this? Have you seen this one? Mm, no. Um, I guess he was talking about something about um, Andrew Bogut discussing his offseason departure from the Warriors with USA Today. said anonymous comments to media questioning his durability typify the kind of shallow personalities, shallows in quotes, via Bogut that make up the NBA. Quoting now. Uh, but mm. that's how it is, Bogut says. I don't buy into the sources thing. I don't buy into all that shit because this league is so two-faced and everybody is so fake. Wow. Um, bitter much, Bri? Uh, what? I, I just like when anyone so says people, people are fake. I just love, I love that. It's just you, you can't help but come off seeming like a high school, you know, a high school girl. That's unfortunate. Yep. Um, yeah. That's, they're that's being it. fake. Yeah. Well, welcome to you know, the world of professional sports and huge amounts of money. What are you expecting? Lasting friendships? No, come on. Um, Brian, that's it. Here are the teams that the Nets have a better record than, and then we'll finish it off. Okay. Nets have a better record than the heat, the wizards, Mm. the Mavericks, your your whiz, dude, what's going on with your whiz squad this year? Come on. Well, they just, they just blew out them Celtics, but they (laughs) dude. Okay. Bradley Beal is so overrated. So overrated. I love John Wall. He's the only guy on the team that I like. The only person on that whole team that that is is worth anything. Auto um, Porter's having a bit of a season. Yeah, and they didn't pick up his contract. They they declined the option on him. Where, and mm. so now he's suddenly good, which is hilarious. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, so the Nets are better than the Mavericks. They're better Maver- than the Heat. They're better than the Timberwolves. They're better than the Pelicans. These are all teams that they have better records than the Suns. Yeah. Um. Just to finish it off, the Nets aren't terrible. There you go. That's sort of Woohoo. That's our thing. Celebrate, guys. Um, Good times. And well, and we're we're not terrible and we're beating people without our second best player and the super important player. So that that, you know, indicates a lot of resilience, a lot of uh you know, adaptability that you can hang your hat on, Mike. Um go so ahead, hang your hat on it. Hats are hanged. Uh Thank you again for listening. Check us out on iTunes. Check us out on Stitcher. Check us out on SoundCloud. We are the Glue Guys. We're also on NetsDaily.com. Brian? Yeah, Mike. You did it. Good night. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. 